Welcome to CalCast, your creator national podcast. Network News, episode 220. Welcome, GNN fans, to another episode of God Network News, the podcast that tells you what God's doing around the world, not what CNN tells you, but what GNN tells you is going on in the world. If you're tired of listening to all of that crisis network news and you want to hear what God's doing, well, give us a listen. Steve Addison is a great podcaster and very passionate about movements of peoples to Christ. And Steve has his own podcast, very successful podcast, with over 226 podcast episodes. And the name of his podcast is On the Road to No Place Left. And we highly recommend that you subscribe to his podcast because he has an overwhelming library of exciting topics related to movements. And if you want to learn more about movements, This is the place to find the information and he has lots of training and tools and other resources that will really make your investigation of this topic successful. So we really want to thank Steve Addison and his partners there at movements.net forward slash podcast. That's how you can find it at movements.net forward slash podcast for all of the resources that he has given us for these next few podcasts. Thank you very much, Steve. I was uh, the mission organization that I was involved with. Um, I looked at the history, uh, and they had they started their mission work in 1910. Mm-hmm. The first missionaries came, and it has, of course, has been a very hard, hard work uh, for them to to come from foreign country to learn the language and you know to understand the culture. And illiteracy was very very high in those days, uh, you know, so you just can't just simply hand over a Bible or a little piece of literature and ask, you know, trust them to read and uh, understand. So everything has to be stories. And, um, and so they, they were, of course, there were a lot of stories of frustration. And uh, uh, by 1985, I discovered that they had you know, does some did some research and found out that um, they had all this during this time they had been able to uh, to see only two thousand people come to know the Lord, mm-hmm. and that was shocking for me because you know um, we lived among ninety million Bujpuri people here, mm-hmm. and uh, there was no way to do a mission where you have you know, in 70, 80 years, you have, 
2,000 people get saved. That's yeah. that's a very disappointing and uh, depressing. And no wonder why this area was also known as the graveyard of mission. Um, and this was not just the story of one mission that I worked with. There were several others who had uh, worked in this area. And so uh, I kind of like did the research because I knew a lot of pastors and a lot of uh, people who worked in this area. And they all would advise me. They said, and the other, all the other colleagues, they said, you are a lucky man because you, you are in one of the biggest church we had uh, uh, on record, we had about 500 members in our church. Um, and there were like 120 in attendance. Um, so they were all jealous because others were had, they had about 30, 40, 50 people in their church. So, mm. so but I wasn't, I was totally very dissatisfied inside. And I thought, you know, I'm wasting my life. And, and um, I just, I couldn't accept my own situation. And I thought I cannot accept any excuse people are giving me because they, they got to be some way uh, to see a breakthrough. They got to see some, some kind of, uh, you know, the break that mindset uh, because everybody tells the same story and uh, you're surrounded by, by that kind of, uh, mentality and voices that you you start to say the same thing uh, together with with others and I, I thought I'm not going to do that and my dissatisfaction of course uh, led me to take a two-year leave and uh, just do something else instead of pastoring a church and being involved in mission work so-called mission work which was just the routine things you know doing the same thing and because my wife comes from Sweden um, and we had three small children and we thought well this may be a good opportunity to kind of like get to know what Sweden is like and uh, and I we we went to Sweden and the same year the recession came in Sweden so people became unemployed but luckily I had a job <laughs> I got a job <laughs> and uh, the three small kids and trying to figure out what next, you know, just totally depressed. And, mm. and um, there, was, there was no sign of too lit up. There was no positive, no one had anything positive to say. And um, when I came to Sweden, of course, that was also, a, they became a time of depressing because a lot of people had lost their jobs. And, mm -hmm. you know, uh, by, by early 90, of course, Sweden was one of the world's most affluent countries. And um, now having to see decline in economy and, and of course, that affected the social life and, and the spiritual life and the church life and the giving in the churches. And a lot of things were happening at the same time. But this passion in me about people being lost in India, not responding to the gospel and we singing the same song saying, this is the graveyard of mission and nothing happens here. Mm -hmm. 
and people even went to the extent of saying nothing will happen here mm. uh, because if it hasn't happened for 100 years why should it happen now you know but i was convinced of two things one is that our god is real he doesn't change uh, no matter what we do he remains the same his uh, mission remains the same and his strategy remains the same and and the people who labor uh, have labored before uh, god no does not overlook uh, their labor of love so whatever they have done even they may have sown with tears uh, but someone else will reap with joy if we continue to trust the lord you're listening to god network news podcast with your host cal curtis look up our website at godnetworknews.com and um, I know, you know, the Bible talks about he's the Lord of the harvest. And uh, Isaiah 54 uh, talks about enlarging your tent and gives you uh, a harvest uh, strategy uh, that if you are really thinking of harvest, how, how should your strategy be that you don't plan of harvest, don't think about harvest with your the strength and with your resources, but you 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 plan it in in from God's perspective. So, and that's why Isaiah fifty four talks about it, saying enlarging your tent. You no. Know? So, um, what did that look like for you? Um, this is churning away inside you, and uh, how did the Lord break that stalemate for you? I think there's something happening in my 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 life which uh, I couldn't pinpoint it because uh, it was very difficult. You know, it's like a blind man trying to kind of find the door. You know, uh, totally being in dark and trying to find an answer. Yet somewhere there was a ray of rays of hope in my heart that okay, there is an answer, but I don't know what what and. Um, and I had this hope that tomorrow will be a new day. Tomorrow something will happen. And I mean, I, I pastored church for, for almost 15 years. And during that time, we never ever saw 10 people from a non-Christian background mm. uh, baptized. Not even 10. I mean, I'm, I'm, okay. I'm not. Christian background, people were baptized, and I baptized a lot of people. But and we had the, the great joy of baptizing young people, leading them to Christ, and all that. But then, you know, they were fourth, fifth, fourth, fifth, sixth generation Christians, mm. but nothing from the from the outside, nothing from the Hindus or Muslims background. So what uh, what took you back to India then? I think this this passion. I think I felt like um, God will do something great, um, and I shouldn't miss this opportunity uh, because something will happen mm. at that time. And so, faith my, was growing in you even before you had answers, or ever. Right, exactly. Uh, I I was totally. I mean, there was something planted in my heart and, you know, something was happening, but I had no answer. I had no clue. I just, there was no way of telling, uh, explaining and, you know, 
in four points or three points and saying, okay, this is exactly you know, what's happening. Uh, but there was a hope against all hopelessness, you know, the uh, situation was pretty hopeless. Uh, I would say hopeless because, you know, we did all kinds of evangelism. We did street evangelism, we did drama, we did storytelling, we did everything you, you know, we showed films, uh, Jesus films uh, in villages and thousands of people watched the movies, but result was almost zero, you know. People would come forward for prayer, but then they would disappear also. And I think the, 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 what I discovered in that journey was that we were focusing, we're doing the whole mission in a wrong way. Um, and, the, and, and the simplicity in the gospel and presenting the gospel light, light in the, uh, you know, was in, the, in a, making disciples. And once you make disciples and then you do evangelism, we were doing evangelism first. And then we were thinking that someday when people will come to the church, we'll do discipleship, you know. Mm. And I think that was the wrong, wrong uh, approach because you, you disciple first and then you, you share the gospel with people. And that's, that's how the, Jesus did the ministry. And that's what he he commanded uh, his disciples to in Matthew uh, 28, you know, to go and make disciple uh, of all nations first. Even the, the 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 Jesus' very own disciples, they were not a believer when Jesus began to disciple them. And then gradually over the the, the, the time of relationship, you know, period over stretched out over three and a half years. He showed them who God was, and they came into personal, personal relationship and understanding. And out of that, um, Jesus asked the question. You know, he said, "Who do you say that I am?" You know, and and I think um, somewhere it has to start with a relationship where people have to see. And discover how does that work for you, you know, uh, in your own life, what you're talking about. You talk about God, God is love, God is, you know, holy, God is, uh, God does not change, God answers prayer. But how does that work in your life? And, and I think that's, that's where the discipleship comes in. And how, what did that look like back in India when you began to, to take that approach? You know, that time, uh, the 70s and the 80s and the 90s, we were so influenced by, by church growth movement. And uh, the whole focus was on the church growth um, and not on discipleship. And so that was sort of kind of like hoping that someday your, you know, your pews will be filled, your, your congregation will explode, and there will be a massive movement somehow within the church, but it was all within the church. And it was not a real picture. People were not just going to walk in to your church and fill the pews just like that.
you enjoyed this episode, please consider donating to help us continue to bring exciting stories fresh from the field. Visit our website at godnetworknews.com and select the PayPal link on the right side of the page or consider becoming a Patreon partner to receive access to more valuable materials exclusive to our members.